0: Okay, good morning, Booker 12 ladies. Very happy to resume our weekly Amuna Sheer. Our weekly Amuna Shear slash support group.
1: And uh,
0: arguably, there could be no better time than as we uh, face a possibly Category 4 or 5, or maybe the first ever 6 hurricane. Headed our way, Irma, our unwelcome guest. Irma and Harvey. I so said, the, w- the wicked couple, Irma and Harvey. I never forget about it. I don't know how they give these names, Irma and Harvey. <laughs> exactly. It's Irma and Harvey. <laughs> they ditched Irene mean, and we ended up with Irma. So um, <laughs> it's a perfect time to remind ourselves and renew our sense of Amuna and work on ourselves. I just uh, finished the Sha'arim B'tfila, the cup of Joe at Shul, and uh, spoke all about Pincus And Sha'arim B'Tzilah talks all about. Um, Among the initiatives that we show, we can't forget to include prayer. And I mentioned there, and I I repeat here, that we have these checklists. The National Weather Center, websites, every news organization, every government agency, every every school sends out the checklists. Don't forget the batteries, don't forget the flashlight, don't forget the water, don't forget to fill the car with gas, don't forget to bring in the outside furniture. And nobody includes what should be at the top of the checklist, is don't forget to pray. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to pray, because in the end of the day, while we can manipulate and control so much of the world... One of the few things left that we can't control and it was predicted by Chazal, our rabbis in the Gemara would tell us is the weather. We can manipulate the whole world. Science, technology, we're conquering the world. FaceTime with people around the world, using GPS, we can tell if there's traffic or where the police are hiding and how long it will take us to drive you know, from here to New York. We can predict if you're running away to Atlanta, how long it will take you to get there. And yet, we can't even predict where this enormous 50 mile wide storm is going to go. So who can predict it and who does control it and who, thank God, thank God the last several scares has huffed and puffed and blown the thing out to sea is the Almighty. And so the top thing on our checklist needs to be not at the expense or in lieu of all the other things, but in addition, and really the first thing on our checklist needs to be turning to Hashem from the bottom of our hearts, praying. It's a great opportunity, I think. That's how I ended the the last uh, short shear is that we don't welcome Irma. She's a very unwelcomed yes. We are not interested in Hathnas HaZorchem. We don't want to host her. (laughs) Um, But, 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 this pressing moment is something that we should welcome as an opportunity to sincerely pray. We're in the month of Elul, in anticipation of the High Holidays. We struggle to get going. We struggle to connect. And it seems like every year this time of year, God says, you're struggling to connect. Let me give you a little boost. Let me give you a little help. <laughs> me a Let me give together. you a little something to pray for. So it's nice if after the fact it misses us and we can say, oh, it was great. We davened so hard. It was wonderful. Um, we hope that will be the outcome. Yeah, but right. while we don't welcome Irma, we should welcome the opportunity, the, the, the teachable moment for our children, for ourselves to say, you're scrambling, you're running, you're doing, you're off school. Let's all sit. Let's stop for a minute and let's daven. Let's ask Hashem to make this go elsewhere. So as we uh, gather to learn about Amuna again, this is a perfect opportunity, a perfect opportunity that Hashem has given us to, to remember who's in charge. Okay, we're on page Tav Chuf. We're, this is a new sefer I picked up in Israel this summer. It's called Tiv HaEmunah, Alanyane Emuna, And it's written by a Rav Gamliel Hakoyim Rabinovich. I don't know who he is. It's a chasidah in Yerushalayim. It's a thick, wonderful sefer all about Emunah. And uh, smack in the middle of the sefer, he deals with Emunah in connection to this time of the year. So we're on page Tuf Chav. If you, uh, right right in the middle, I'm going, to start, I'm going to start kind of in the middle and work our way backwards. And here he's addressing a minnag, a custom that we have, Ashkenazim have, I should say. Svardim say this mizmor all the time. So Ashkenazim have a custom of reciting Psalm uh, 27, Tehillim Chav Zayn. We say it in the morning after Shacharis, we say it in the evening after Marav, every single day. We blow shofar in the morning, and that inspires the recitation of this psalm, Hashem Ori And here he writes and quotes the following, There's already an ancient custom that was enacted that in this month of Elul, page it starts, It's in the middle, on the inside me'ava and bashem. I'm going to translate everything have no worries have no f- if I don't then stop me Please then stop me so says uh, the early there's an ancient custom in the month of Elul right again Ashkenazim begin this with Rosh Chodesh Elul and we go all the way through mm-hmm. the end of Sukkot the custom is to say the Mizmur, David Hashem Ori the King David who wrote Psalms that Hashem is Ori Hashem is my light Hashem is my Savior. His sitter quotes the greatness of this psalm. Why was this psalm chosen? King David has lots of psalms, 140 psalms he could have chosen from. Why did he choose this psalm? So it's a great, the greatness of this psalm. And he writes the following, Whoever says this psalm, from Rosh Chodesh Elul until after Simchas Torah, in the morning and in the evening, the evening in the morning, every single day, Azayu Muvtach Shemotzi So that person is guaranteed that his years will come out good and sweet. And you can even eliminate, you can nullify a a, a bad enactment. And you can remove for yourself, you can relieve from yourself any negative force, energy, any negative decree. So, one of the ways to merit, to merit a positive outcome. Rosh Hashanah is all about, God is evaluating this time of year. There are more copies. God is evaluating this time of year in a very uh, quick summary. Rosh Hashanah, we coronate the Almighty. Rosh Hashanah, corresponds with the sixth day of creation. Rosh Hashanah corresponds with when God created man. Why? Because we are the reason God created the whole world. It's a little egotistical and self-centered, and it's supposed to be. We are why the world was created. We have a mission. We have a purpose. And the world is here for us. And every year on the anniversary of our collective birthday, the sixth day of creation, the first day of Tishrei, we recognize God as the creator of the universe, and we coronate God, the King, the King of Kings, we elect God, we appoint God, we coronate God again, the King of Kings. So what does God do? God says, I'm the King. You've coronated, you've appointed, you've reembraced me as a being in charge. Great, thank you, I appreciate that. Now let me evaluate and see, if I am the King, are you fulfilling a meaningful purpose in my kingdom? Why are you here? I created you for a reason, are you fulfilling your reason and your purpose? And if not, then maybe your contract is up. I always give this example. That whoever works on a campaign, and then the election day comes, and their candidate wins, whether president, whatever the whatever the position, and their and their candidate wins, they come to the inaugural ball, and they're celebrating, and they're joyous, and they're happy, and they're tooting their horn, and the streamers, and they're drinking champagne, and all of a sudden it dawns on them towards the end of the ball, towards the end of the party, what question? Do I have a job tomorrow? Not the work starts. How critical was I to the campaign? Do I fulfill a role which is indispensable, which is irreplaceable? Do I have a job tomorrow? And that's exactly what we go through each year. We coronate God. And that's why Rosh Hashanah, there's no concept on Rosh Hashanah. You don't see in the prayers of Rosh Hashanah any mention of chit of sin. We don't say vidu, we don't clap achit, we don't talk about sin. Rosh Hashanah doesn't mention any of that. Rosh Hashanah is all about coronating God the King. The Vilna Gaon, the Gras says, you can't be sad when the Shofar is being blown. Unlike the tradition that says the Shofar is, is the cry of sadness, the moan, the groan, the call, the alarm. Says the Vilna Gaon. no. The Shofar is the trumpet. The Shofar trump- is the horn that you're blowing at the inaugural ball. You're carnating God King and you blow Shofar, the trumpet who announcing the King, pointing Him over us. And that's Rosh Hashanah, but Rosh Hashanah launches the period of the 10 days of repentance. Rosh Hashanah culminates with Yom Kippur. Why? Because now that we've completed coronating God, the King of Kings, now God evaluates and says, hmm, should they be in my cabinet? Do I need them? Are they fulfilling their mission, their role, their unique purpose in life? So we spend the next, after Rosh Hashanah, it's eight days, but we spend that period of 10 days trying to prove to God, renew my contract. Renew my contract. I have what to offer. I understand my purpose and I'm pursuing it. I'm fulfilling it. Renew my contract. Absolutely. So that is the uh, that is the essence of what, we're, of what we're trying to do on Rosh Hashanah, what it launches into with the 10 days of repentance and culminates on, on Yom Kippur. So one of the ways that we can be zolcha bedin. Din means judgment. God is evaluating. He's deciding whether to renew our contract. So one of the ways that we can make a positive impression one of the arguments we advance on our own behalf is to say this mismor that's the tradition that he's quoting that there's a there's a number of things that we can do I'm going to give a share about it when there's not a hurricane facing us but our rabbis have numerous traditions about what is the key you're coming before the judge imagine you have a great lawyer a great team of lawyers and they each whisper in your ear no no this is what you have to do this judge likes this this judge likes that here's how you have to position yourself here's what you have to say here's the best argument here's the most compelling evidence this is what you have to do so we come before the judge, he's going to evaluate whether we are fulfilling our unique individual purpose in life. Why are we here? Are we self-centered? Is it only about us? Or do we try to improve and, and repair and care about his world and those around us? And, and we have a number of traditions about what we need to do in order to try it, to succeed in judgment. And this is one of those traditions. Say this paragraph, say it with intent, say it with kavano, say it with concentration. Why? <clears throat> what is so special? Khashafti o'ta'am b'zeh. So, I'm sorry, I haven't finished the paragraph. This chapter has 13 references to God's name, corresponding with 13 attributes of compassion. And through invoking these 13 attributes of God's compassion, in other words, you come into the courtroom and you say to the judge, Judge, before I tell you about why I'm worthy, before I make the argument for me, let me just say you're merciful, you're kind, you're sensitive, you're good, you're forbearing, you're forgiving, you're, let me say, all these wonderful qualities and attributes about you. And let me invoke that side of you so that you're now predisposed as I make the argument for me because I've just said you're all those things. What are you going to do now? You're going to now bang the gavel? You're going to now lay down the law? You're going to now sentence me to the worst? I've just said you're the kind of... We all know this. Our children do it every day. (laughs) Abba, have I told you how handsome you are what a great dad you are and how you're whatever. What do you need? What, you want? what did you do to the car? What do you... Right? So that, that's what we do to, to a judge and that's what we do with the ribbon Shalom. God, these are your attributes. This is how you described yourself to us. The 13 principles, 13 attributes of compassion. Hashem, HaShem Ke'orach HaMechanon that we say as part of the Selich service, God's the one who taught it to us. God's the one who said if you invoke it and if you emulate it, I can't help but be... Kind to you, so we begin by laying it out. We pre- predispose God to be in our favor, and one of the ways that we lay it out is by saying this paragraph, chapter twenty-seven of Psalms, Mitzmor Chavzayin of Tehillim. Since it has thirteen times it says God's name, corresponds with the thirteen. that is his insight, and the author of the Tiv HaEmunah adds the Chashavti Ota I thought of another reason. Normally, in a period of judgment, you would think, which attribute of the judge comes out? When someone is sitting in judgment, which attribute or character trait do you think would be most pronounced? The attribute of? Din. Of Din. Of justice. If you're invoking, you're wearing, the, you're wearing the robe, you're holding the gavel, you're sitting on the bench, all that should create an atmosphere of justice. But not with our God. From the beginning of Elul, for the 40 days, Elul 3 Yom Kippur, this period of the year, God is the opposite. He says, I'm sitting in judgment. You know what that means? I'm going to be kind and compassionate and loving and caring and sensitive. I'll tell you why. The difference between our judge and the typical judge is, who is our judge? He happens to be our... Father. He happens to be our father. When your father's the judge, you got a pretty good in you can argue what kind of justice is it? Right? He should recuse himself. If he's your father, how can he be the judge? He should recuse himself. That's not justice. That's a distorted justice. We're okay with that. We live with that. And he's okay with that. We'll take it. And he's okay with it. So this period, these 40 days, while yes, it's leading up to our having to prove our our worth, but still it's in an atmosphere of racham and baratam. And this is a time period which we're all supposed to be self-evaluating, introspecting, thinking, growing, aspiring. Everyone according to their level. We're not coasting. You don't walk into Shul Rosh Hashanah. You got your new outfit. You got your new suit. You got a new fruit. You made your grandmother's famous uh, roast. And, and that's it. Those are all lovely preparations. They're all superficial, external. They're nice preparations. They create a nice atmosphere for Rosh Hashanah, particularly the good roast. But, but that's not the key. The core of getting ready for Rosh Hashanah is spending these 40 days, is really taking things upon ourselves. How do I want to be more, modesty? more modest in my dress, in my speech, in my thought? How do I want to have more faith in my davening, in my patience? In my attitude to the world and how I react to the things around me. How can I be a better spouse? How can I be a better parent? How can I be a more loyal friend? How can I be more honest? How can I be more dignified? How can I grow in my level of observance? How can I honor Shabbos? There's no end to the ways every single one of us can try to grow. And this is that time of the year that we're all evaluating our lives and trying to chart a path towards personal growth. So why are we growing in this time of year? These 40 days are predisposed to us. They're auspicious time for us to say, how do I want to grow? What do I want to do? How do I want to improve? I don't want to embarrass her. I was just talking to someone a moment ago who I think it's so beautiful. I noticed her husband and son are every afternoon. and it's so magnificent. I'm so impressed by it. I'm so personally inspired by it. And, uh, and the response was, yeah, You know, we got some bad news in the community. Somebody we love was suffering. We looked at ourselves and said, what can we do to be merit for him? I took on my things and my husband and son decided they're going to go to Mincha every night. There's no reason not to. That's incredible. And that's exactly what we're all supposed to do this time of year. What are we taking on? To be more careful with the blessings we say before and after we eat. To be more careful about, there's no end to the things that we can be taking on. So says the author of the Tifa Amuna, the Sefer, why do you think you might be taking it on? Well, you're about to come before the judge. Nobody who comes before the judge decides they're going to drink and drive the day before their hearing. Nobody who comes before the judge thinks they're going to party all night, thinks they're going to be guilty of petty theft. Nobody. Who come, what do you do before you come before the judge? You're on your best, your best behavior. So one might misunderstand that these 40 days, why are we doing all this? We're on our best behavior. I'll tell you uh, a law that's not so well known. But the Shulchan Aruch quotes the practice that in the 10 days of repentance, even those who are not normally strict to only eat what's called pasisro, bread or grains that are baked by a Jew, should be strict during that time. Right? To give you just very quickly the background of it, one of the prohibitions, it's a rabbinic prohibition we have, in order to try to stem the tide of assimilation, prevent intermarriage, where do people meet socially? Where do they draw that connection? You literally break bread. You have a meal together. So the rabbi said, even if all the ingredients are kosher, if a non-Jew were to bake the bread, you, one shouldn't eat it. Not because we have a bias towards non-Jews. We, we love all of humanity and we integrate into society and we draw the best and see the best in everyone. It's not a bias. It's not a superiority thing. It's a self-preservation thing. And we see what happens. The community who are not careful with this law, we have a 60-70% intermarriage rate among young people today. So now we have an exception to the law. And the Shulchan Aruch, based on the Talmud, says an exception to the law will call paspalter, if. The bread is being baked in a bakery where you don't know the baker. You don't know his daughter. You're not going to break bread. You're not going to intermarry him. So you buy the box of Entenmann's or the box of Cheerios or the Arnold's bread or whatever the baked product. You have no idea who the baker is, so you have no issue of potential intermarriage. So that's a heter. That is one of the leniencies that in that situation, it's okay. It meant your local baker who you know. It meant your next-to-neighbor who makes you a delicious cake. But industrial baking, so that's not a problem. So the Shulchan Aruch says, the 10 days of repentance, don't lean on the leniency. Don't take the leniency. Even those who are not strict to only eat for those 10 days, they, they should. And all the commentaries wonder on the Shulchan Aruch, who are we fooling? What, are you going to trick God? Really, I use the leniency all year. And the moment Yom Kippur is over, I'm going to sink my teeth into a delicious Entenmann's Donut. But for these 10 days, I'm going to pretend that I'm at a higher level than everybody else? What kind of a joke is that? What kind of a joke? You're trying to fool God? What's that all about? There are many answers which are given to that question, one of which is a great answer, kind of similar to what I spoke about this past Shabbos, but when you have a guest, when you're hosting someone, you ask, any, any allergies, any specific needs, any special things, And even if your standard is over here, but your guest has the standard over here, while you're hosting, you raise your standard because you want your guest to feel the most comfortable. Well, who's our guest the 10 days of repentance and according to many of these 40 days? The verse says in Yeshayo, Mm -hmm. call out to God when He is found. When is God found? Our rabbis understand that the king leaves the palace One tradition is the 10 days of repentance, but another tradition is the whole month of Elul. Then normally, you're trying to break in. Normally, last week I was in Washington DC for some meetings. I happened to meet with somebody I know at the White House. I was hoping he was going to say, come into the White House. We'll meet." he met me for coffee in the coffee shop across the street. Anyway, but you're across from the White House. There's a big gate. There's guards. Their fingers are on the trigger of their gun. There's protesters. There's people taking pictures. There's all kinds of things going on. You think you could just... I'm not saying you'd want to, but if you wanted to, could you just knock on the door and enter the Oval Office and meet with the President? No, the King is in the Oval Office. There's no access. There's no access. So with us too, God is ascend on high and it's challenging to feel that we have access but this time of the year when we're on our best behavior when we're the most spiritual when the classes when the davening when the life is the most urging us when we feel it so it says behim when is where is the king found the king has left the palace the king is taking tour of our city and we have access to him talk to him thank him protest him ask him request of him we have access to the king So if the king is our guest, normally your standard's over here, but his standard's over here. You raise your standard, not because you're trying to fool him, you raise your standard out of respect for him. So what happens? This time of year, we're on the best behavior. And one might think, why are we on our best behavior? Well, you come in before the king, the judge. So you want to be on your best behavior before you come before the judge. So listen to what he says. This is a beautiful insight, and I wanted to share it, because I think it's very appropriate, as we're facing Hurricane Irma, Many people who were not on their best behavior, were not feeling Elul, are feeling it now. It's hard to watch an advisory and not feel Elul, not feel the fright, the might, the awe, the sense of uncertainty. You know, it occurred to me, maybe I'm going to write my article about it this week. Not that anyone will see it or read it. It's very hard to get yourself going to write a sermon for an empty shul. Every person I see is booking out of here, and it's going to be a tropical storm. Minimally tropical winds on Shabbos. But anyway, Yechad, will you listen? Will you listen to the drush? <laughs> anyway, so. So, um. Yeah. What, what? Only people in South Florida, I guess Houston, only people who've been in hurricane zones understand, I, almost everywhere on the East Coast these days, understand what, what it means, the cone. If you say the word cone right now, right. nobody's thinking ice cream. Nobody. <laughs> you say the word cone, first thing that comes to mind for nobody is ice cream. What comes to mind? The cone of? Terror. Cone of uncertainty, terror, like the cone that. of terror. Right? And you watch that cone and it shifts and it narrows and it widens and I'm very heartened you should do all the preparations do all the pre- I'm not discard absolutely do all the preparations I'm very heartened that they say it's coming right to us because in my 18 years in Boca twice when they say it's not coming anywhere near us it whacked us over the head and every time they said it's coming right to us it's a beautiful day outside so keep telling us it's coming right to us I love it I love it. That's the good news. But do all your preparations, get ready, do everything you have to do. So, what is it called the cone? The cone is the cone of Are you in the cone of uncertainty? And you know what occurred to me this morning as I was davening? Is anyone ever outside the cone of uncertainty? Oh, that's such a good That's yeah. a Ever. This is right in our face because we have an image. This is in our face because we have a forecast. But, you know, as, as we continue to daven and do things in the merit, of our dear friends who need Rafu Shlema, among them Baruch Tzvi Ben Rivka Bacha. There's no one. You know, we think we're outside the cone, then life smacks you like a... like a... Like a um, category 5 hurricane. You're lucky if it's Category 1, sometimes it's Category 5, it's unpredictable. So, right now it's most intense and it's most profound and it's most potent... But nobody's ever outside the cone of uncertainty. And so we should always be davening at this level. We should always be feeling the sense of, of faith, the sense of dependence, the this, this sense of, of vulnerability in a, in a healthy way that, that, that inspires us. So just like the Sefer Tifa is saying, maybe you're on your best behavior for these 40 days. Why? Because you're scheduled to come before the judge. Who's not on their best behavior when they're afraid because they're coming before the judge? Who's not on their best behavior when they're in the cone of uncertainty? when a Category 5 can wallop you on the head. And the Category 5, I don't want to scare you, but all the shutters in the world, Category 5, Category 5 is a Category 5. Find the closet, get inside and close the door and lie on the ground. That's a Category 5. So, sorry, am I scaring you? <laughs> That's Category 5. So you might say, you know what? I'm not talking till, till the 2 a.m. on Saturday night or whenever it's supposed to hit. I'm not saying any and Hara, Wow. Okay. We'll deal with that later. But till 2 a.m. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not speaking any lashon Hara. I'm davening with Kavana. I'm doing everything I got to do because I'm going to be on my best behavior. Is that why we should be doing it? Let's keep going. Omram anu is So here he says, you know why we say this chapter 27, Psalms, Zion Because it contains the following Pasuk. Im alay bi, what does that verse mean? If a camp, an enemy camp, camps out against me, if I find out Hezbollah, Hamas are on my border, if I find out Irma is threatening my home, excuse me, I'm not going to be afraid. I have no fear. If someone stands up to wage war against me, bezos. Ani boteach. What's the bezos? It's for another time. But in this, which really means in you, King David is coming kind of ambiguous here. What is bezos? In this, I trust. What's the in this? And there's a lot of commentaries. Beautiful commentaries. What's the zos? But let's for now take the simple understanding, which is what's the zos? Ani In whom do I have faith? In you. So God, no, there could be enemies camping on my border. There could be a hurricane threatening my home. There could be a biopsy and a diagnosis I'm waiting to get. There can be a stock market waiting to crash. There can be, I don't want to you know, make everyone neurotic and afraid right now, but we there's no end, no end to the things I could be facing. But you should know, low you' ali bi. I don't have any fears in life. Why? Because bizos ani So does that mean that I don't put up my shutters, I don't buy water, I don't get gas? Of course I have to do all those things. I have to do my eshtalas, I have to take my initiative. Got to go to the doctor. You got to get ready for the hurricane. You got to get your military prepared for war. But when you've taken your initiative, when I'm ready, I've done all that I can, I have no fear. Because, because there's a reason. There's meaning and order and purpose to the universe. You're in control. Everything happens for a reason. And that's what I trust in. That's a verse in this Psalms 27. And this verse is the great affirmation that I'm not afraid of anything. You know, it's one of the worst. The anticipation of the hurricane is much worse than the hurricane. It's the... the, Well, it depends. But it's hopefully, hopefully (laughs) Hopefully. much worse than the hurricane. But, you know, not only do correctly so the government and the media make us crazy, which correctly, that's their job, we make each other crazy. If you look at social media you'll see constantly one person panicking and all of a sudden the comments, everyone's like, I wasn't panicking, but now I'm scared out of my mind and it's just (laughs) contagious. So we just set one another off, we call one another, we make one another crazy, scared out of our minds. It's so unhealthy. How much energy is being wasted? How much of our own health is being compromised? How much of our own relationships? Because our homes are filled right now with being on edge, impatience, anger, stress, escalated decibel levels. So, all for what? All for what? Is any of that going to help? Irma doesn't respond to your nervousness. Irma's not shifting course because you yelled at your kids or because you yelled at your husband who didn't put up the shutters yet. Or Irma's not changing course because you're going crazy on, on Facebook. That's not helping. All it's doing is hurting yourself. You're doing more damage. Please, God, we will wake up Sunday morning, a bright sunny day. Irma will be out at sea. And you know where the damage and devastation and repair work will need to be done? is because of everything that happened the week before. Right. The relationships, our health, the stress. What good is that? So <laughs> lo yurali be. Let go and let God do everything that we have to do and the rest is up to Rebona And if you're listening to the shir online and you're not in the hurricane's path, so you, none of this is relevant to you. So if it's not the hurricane, it's something else. It's the beginning of school stressing you out. It's the economy stressing you out. It's North Korea stressing you out. It's, I heard somebody wrote online, the former mayor of Boca wrote that South Florida... Is the only place that's outside of North Korea's missile zone, and the only place that's in Irma's. <laughs> whatever. So anyway, so if if uh, okay, so we're in, we're in Irma's path, and someone else is in North Korea's path. Like, again, there's no there's no shortage of things to be able to to be able to lose your cool over. But the common denominator of all of it is this pasuk we're saying every morning and every night. Lo ali bi. am not going My heart's not gonna be afraid. Bezos ani what am I worried about? I'm doing everything I can do. I'm taking all the initiative I can take. And after that, I'm not going to lose my serenity, my happiness. Now, I know it's easier said than done. We talk about this almost every week in the Amunashir But how worry is the antithesis of Amunah. How worry is an act of heresy, because it means you don't really have faith that everything God does is for a reason. But most of all, don't worry because it doesn't help. The worry has never changed any reality. Never, worry never made the biopsy from malignant to benign. Worry never made the traffic clear up. Never made, worry never made the flight take off on time. Worry never, made, worry never made your child come home safely that night. Worry doesn't do anything except hurt you and hurt your relationship with Hashem. You know what's better? Channel all that worry into faith. Every time you start to feel the angst, you're tightening up your blood pressure. Your sweat glands are pumping. Stop take some deep breaths, right? deep breaths, meditation, deep breaths, <laughs> <laughs> grab a tehillim, grab a tehillim, or talk to Hashem from your own words, and channel all of that. Channel all of that. So that's why we say this verse every morning and every night. Because what we're saying to God is, whatever's going on in my life, I don't care if the enemy is on my border, I don't care if the hurricane, I'm in the cone of uncertainty, which we're all in at all times, but lo really be, I'm not afraid. I've got you. I've got you, God. So what we're saying to God is, you know what, God? No, I was never afraid. So when you see me now on my best behavior, don't think it's because I was worried, I need to be on my best behavior because I was so afraid. I was never afraid. You know why I'm on my best behavior? Because I want to be close to you. It's with pure intent. It's l'shma. Because right now the king has left the palace. Because right now the king is in my town. He's on my streets. He's in my shul. He's at my dining room table. And I'm not going to miss the opportunity to talk to the king, to connect with the king, to be with the king. I'm not just repairing my ways. I'm not just improving who I am because of fear because I'm about to come before the king in judgment. So why am I having this burst right now, this growth spurt right now? My growth spurt right now is not the result of fear. It's not the result of judgment. My growth spurt right now is simply and purely. Why? Because I want to be close to you. Because you've left the palace. I have greater access to you than ever. I'm going to take that as seriously as I can. I'm going to think about every word I'm going to say. I'm going to take advantage of every moment I can be close to you. And it's all with the right reason. And it's all with the right intent. So that's the reason we're saying, he suggests. Because of this Pasuk. This very Pasuk. If there's a camp, if there's things that threaten me, Lo I have no fear. Why? Because God, I can always go back to my faith. There is no one but you, Hashem. I was actually working on Reminds me I have to finish it. I was working on a bookmark to give out to, put, everyone okay, to put in their about on the one side Ainod yeah. Milvadow and the Nefeshhaim Rachaim Valojana's paragraph where he promises us that if in a time of fear you just say Ainod Milvado, this mantra, there is no one but God, there is no one but God, then positive things happen. And the other side I was gonna put a list of all the benefits of living a life of Eluna. You're slow to anger, no desire for revenge, calm, serenity, good for your health, and anyway i've got to finish that, but ain 't Vado. so every time you start to get anxious about the hurricane or about North Korea or about anything in life that 's the mantra. Meditate with that mantra ain 't ode Oud Mil Vado. ain 't Vado. there is no one there is nothing but him, nothing but him. All your worry in the world and all the forecasters in the world, no one, no one can move Irma, only one being the Almighty Himself. The Talmud says, I referenced this in the earlier issue this morning, that though God handed over the keychain to us, He said, here's my world, go conquer the world. I think it's Gemara Chagiga or Tainus. That go conquer my world. Here's the keys. Go master the world. And we have what we can do technologically, scientifically, medically. is mind-boggling. But God held the keys to three things. Fertility, no matter what we do, my next-door neighbor, Right over there, Dr. Matulski, who runs a fertility lab, will tell you, he mixes the ingredients in the lab, but whether in the petri dish and whether that planted embryo ever emerges to be a human being is not up to him, it's up to God. God held those keys. God held the keys to the weather. And the third key is to the resurrection of the dead. (laughs) Chiesa Mason. Really, all three keys are the same, which is the key to life. 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 God holds the keys. God says, you can conquer my world, but life itself, that's me. I hold that key. And to me, it's amazing. 2017, we control and manipulate the whole world scientifically. We can do outrageous things. We cannot predict with any near degree of accuracy where this thing's going. Because you know what? Maybe God hasn't decided yet. He's going to blow it this way. He's going to blow it that way. And you know what He's waiting for? Your davening. My davening. He's waiting for our ain ode mil vado. He's waiting for our merits. He's waiting for our, to, us to ask Him. He's got the key. So what are we going to do? All the other preparations and neglect to print the one with the key? So... My heart doesn't fear. Whatever is going on in my life, I do what I have to do, but after that I let go, and I live with Amuna. And all the shiurim we've done for the last years has gotten us ready for this weekend. Don't, don't get nervous. Don't get neurotic. Don't live with fear. Do what you have to do, and the rest is up to Shashem And the merit of our Amuna, the merit of our heartfelt prayers, all of our prayers should be answered regarding Irma and the victims of Harvey, those who need a recovery right. and those who want to have a child and those who are looking for their shidduch and everything that our heart wants should be answered. Amir Matova right. only for the good. Amen. Amen.